when you open the door for somebody else. Welcome back to the Vaccine Conversation with a semi-tired Melissa and a super energized Dr. Bob. I know, that is that is so funny. I'm just like, I'm just like beaming and I'm all energetic and, and, and you're just like, you're, 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 sit up, Melissa. Try I can't, sitting up I don't want like to. S- it's going over. to require too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> and I am uh, drinking bone broth, everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bone broth the entire day today. Wow. I'm going to do a bone Dude. broth little fast. Could you imagine um, me without food in you, a day? You should try it. You don't actually know because you never <laughs> give yourself that chance. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to do, I'm going to start doing, you know why? Let me tell you why I'm doing bone broth. Well, one, of course, we know that there are benefits to it. And can you believe like anything else? Now there's like the camp that goes, oh, bone broth isn't so good. Uh, This is what happens is you get these like trends that come out and then people that argue the trends and, you know. That's the soda companies are coming out arguing (laughs) the Probably the bone. (laughs) Yeah. So I am sipping this bone broth because... I'm getting a little too fluffy, everyone. I just want to acknowledge <laughs> that in the last month, the last two months, I, I'm noticing that there's some advocacy eating happening. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. this is what happens. Yeah. And, and not even, I'm not even eating bad things, except there are times where I'm like, I deserve a gelato this weekend for wow. all the work I've put in. That's and, the Italian in you. But that yeah, could be like w- twice a month. Okay. Yeah. Like I don't really do regular sugar that often. But I and, I, and I realize it's not really the food I'm eating. It's the fact that I'm not sleeping as much, which affects your stress hormone levels. And because I'm stressed, stressed during the day, a lot of sitting at the computer, not a lot of getting out and being active along with not, not getting great sleep. And I'm super dehydrated because I'm not drinking water because I'm literally at the computer all the time. So anyway, I, you know, the fluff is minimal for somebody else to notice, but I notice the fluff. Yeah. And so I'm on an anti-fluff campaign right okay. now. And so, so yeah, I, yeah I, I could use that on it because I've, I've put on a little bit because I, I yeah, I, I too stopped exercising a few weeks ago when, when this hit because I thought every hour I'm exercising is an yeah. hour I'm not That's you know, sending out, you know, advocacy messages to my patients and, uh, and not working on something we're doing. And I guess, I don't know, we... We never know when we're going to end up airing these episodes, but I guess if you guys just want like a, a time reference, this is this is the Saturday. What is it? April twenty seven or something? It's basically the sure. Saturday after the after the first uh, um, Senate Health Committee hearing, you know, up in Sacramento. So we're you know we're, I'm I'm super drained and we're both drained, but. Uh, Anyway, so that's but kind anyway, of... anyway, exercise is yeah. dangerous. You know, this is why I don't do it. It's risky for your health, you Not guys. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm, I... I'm going to take Peter Hotez's advice and <laughs> yeah. stop exercising Just completely. be a junk food addict and then claim you're the No, but I, I totally feel... I decided yesterday I need to get back on there because, yeah, my pants are tight again. That's how I can tell. <laughs> totally. I don't see it in the mirror. Well, I, I don't have a scale. Me, I don't care about that. Right, yeah, and I, I stopped that. But for me, that's my but pants. But you can tell how things fit and how they yeah, look. And, yeah. and when, when, I don't know, when things just start to feel softer. It's like, okay, you know, maybe I need to be a little more. Unfortunately, you know, my genetics like lend themselves to ones that I have to be really on top of it um, to sort of maintain optimum body fat percentage. If I were to really want to be like super lean, like I would have to be consistently working out with Mm -hmm. like a high intense cardio on a regular basis, in addition to completely watching my. um, And then that level is not necessary or important to you. It's not, it's not sustainable. I mean, I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of me time. I should say it that way, because the only free time I have would be about an hour and a half during nap. And then nighttime, which is eight o'clock and after I don't like working out at night because it revs me up. And then I need to go wind myself back down. So for me, 
it doesn't work. And I can't get up at five in the morning to work out and sustain energy with my kids. So yeah. I'm just in a, I'm in a phase of my life where I am more exhausted already. So okay. I know that working out gives, I used to be a personal trainer. So trust me, right. I know what should be done. I just honestly don't have <laughs> the energy to do it. And I know yeah. that working out gives you the energy and I, it's just, so I'm, I yeah, get it. I'm laughing because we're going to get reviews about, you know, how can you not be exercising, Melissa? You totally have Well, to I, mean, I was just saying I'm active. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, physically yeah. active. We go on no, long you, walks. Yeah, and yeah. Walk, you like, post uh, on Facebook a lot about it. You guys oh, are outdoors yeah. a lot. Yeah, we're yeah. outdoors and we don't eat very poorly. So no, that's the no, other de- that's the benefit don't. of you not totally working don't. out a lot is at least we know we can control our diet. And we yeah. know the diet is about 70% of that anyway. So yeah, activity yeah. is great. And I, I should probably do it as more of a stress releaser than anything. And I just... Just wish I could carve that kind of time out yeah. for myself, but for today it's going to be bone broth. Yeah. Okay, right. But we were continuing on from an episode we just had mm-hmm. um, that kind of talks about uh, you know reviews and the way we look at people and attack people that have opposing opinions and how we look at them and tend to attack them for who they are, not so much what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about content, so go back and check that episode out if that is something that you find interesting. Um, I think it's it was interesting, right. an interesting episode. And this episode, we want to talk about labels. Labels, the labels that we are given as mm-hmm. advocates for either vaccine safety, um, for informed consent, health choice, medical freedom. Transparency. Transparency, um, parental rights, anybody who focuses on these things as it relates to the issue of vaccines, instant, instant, instant label. And that label is you are anti-vaccine. You are an anti-vaxxer. They use that in every single article that is ever written on this issue, at least once. They are now trying to shift that label to vaccine hesitant is what we see a lot. That's the Port- medical term. Yes, the medical right. term. That is the but, medical term. Yeah. But the every everybody else is still throwing around anti-vaxxers, and, it's and in, they're, they're not going. Yeah. I don't think the media is going to shift it to vaccine yeah. hesitant right. because that's too. That doesn't sound bad enough. It's too favorable, right? Because I'll tell you why. If someone's reading an article about parents who are vaccine hesitant, that reader is going to say, "Wait a minute, why are they vaccine hesitant?" Well, what is it about vaccines that makes them hesitate? Maybe I should start reading. No, total PR. You instead label them anti-something so that the reader automatically does not want to become part of that group. I don't want to be anti-anything. Well, that's because, but it's not even just be, it's be a something. They don't want to be a thing. Right. So so it's not just a characteristic about your desire to question things, which is just a characteristic about you. It's a thing. It's a person. It's a who you are. Nobody wants to be that thing. That thing is very negative. And every time somebody brings up that thing, it is a very negative connotation. I don't want to be associated with that thing. I mean, you're even guilty of this. How many times have you felt the need to say, I'm not anti-vaccine. Right, right. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's a need to do that somehow because we are so, you know, anxious to to defeat that label and for what it means. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you challenged me that on the other day. We were just having, even having a phone conversation about it. And I'm like, 
we're talking about, you know, how am I going to present this? And, and I, I, you're right. I said, I, I said, not well, how about I say, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine. I give vaccines to my patients in the office every day. You know, I vaccinated my children. I gave one of my kids a vaccine, you know, uh, last year, two of my kids a vaccine last year. And I gave one of my kids a vaccine series three years ago and, uh, you know, vaccines needed for employment and stuff. So I'm clearly not anti-vaccine and you kind of challenged me like, why, why do I feel the need to kind of justify that or position myself that way? Um, and I'm not sure why, because I just think my impression is it makes the listener think better of me or accept me more or think me of me as, as more, you know, objective. And, and, uh, I guess I don't want to be looked at as anti-vaccine, but yeah, I guess why do I need to justify it as sort of like, saying all the pro vaccine things to kind of balance it. Why like, can't I just be, me. please right. accept yeah, me yeah, if I say yeah. this, because the truth is you don't want to be looked at as anti-vaccine because you are not anti-vaccine. Right. So that's the reality of you is that that is not. Yeah. But, who why you are. I, but it's interesting. Why do I have to say it? Why do you have to say it? it? And, and, and it's not just you. It's a lot of people in this movement feel the need to say that. But what I would challenge in this um, argument is by us doing that, we are basically complicit that labeling people is okay, and we don't want to be associated with that label. So I feel mm-hmm. like we're almost throwing our own people in this movement under the bus by saying, oh, God, I'm not like that. Because listen, hmm. that label Interesting. Yeah. was not from us. That label was given to us from people who do not like the fact that this movement exists. So let's discuss this label. Right. Well, but can I, I, I just yeah. want to say there are people who are you know, very proudly anti-vaccine as a label. Like you look on Facebook, yeah. you know, there's, that's actually their Facebook picture. They have pins, you know, anti-vaccine and proud. And, um, you know, uh, or against uh, vaccine, like uh, they don't vaccinate. Right. That's right. A yeah. Yeah. You know, healthy, than, you know, uh, unvaccinated family, yeah. or, or I, I, I forget what, I forget what the, but I, I, I see them. I'm like, I'm an abolitionist. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Vaccine mm-hmm. abolitionist. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, good for you for standing up for that. And, and, uh, you know, ex- accepting and being proud about it. Um, and, uh, anyway, I just, well, I just want to clarify that just, and we said this a long time ago with immunity education group. So if you guys haven't gone to our website, we haven't, this feels so weird. We haven't been able to mention this a lot, uh, in our regular life because right. we're doing a lot of stuff involved with politics and we are, have an educational nonprofit that is not allowed to be associated with that. And we're not utilizing that nonprofit for our advocacy as individuals against the kind of mandates that we're seeing in California right now. But we have a nonprofit called Immunity Education Group. And check out the website, immunityed.org or immunityeducationgroup.org. And one of the first things we used to say on our one-pagers was asking questions doesn't make you Mm anti-vaccine. And so the reason I want to clarify, there may be people in our movement that um, are proud to say that they are against vaccines entirely. Right. But the label of anti-vaccine is given to us in a derogatory way as a movement, as anybody who questions something. So while there may be some people in this movement that are actually anti-vaccine in their own words, Everyone in this movement is not that. And so what they're doing is they're making this very broad generalization about who we are as people. And it's inaccurate to utilize that label. So you will never catch me in any 
public conversation saying, hey, listen, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just advocating for this. Because one, why should I feel the need to do that? Why should you have to tell people that you gave your sons vaccines in order to travel recently? Is that, I mean, that's private medical information. Do, do people really need to know that? Does that somehow make you a better person because you've done that? I mean, the reality is you've researched your butt off over the last several years uh, to understand why you come to a position of being against right. mandates and being right. pro-informed consent. Right. You do not owe anybody an explanation for what you do and don't do, what you believe and don't believe. You are fighting against mandates. What are you scrolling? So I'm, I'm trying to get down to your truth. Oh my God, stop for the it. Next I'll, I'll turn Jeez, it yeah, so off. distracted. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're screen free, Dr. Bob. I, okay, make I you am now free. screen free. Yes, exactly. Do what I do with my children. Jeez. So um, <laughs> I think that I, okay, I've had people message me and talk about this labeling and the, and the purpose of labeling and who's doing it and what we need to do to really fight it. Because the truth is, is if we keep saying, I'm not anti-vaccine, what do you want? Right. If we keep saying, I'm not anti-vaccine, as in, please take me seriously, then we are literally joining in the um, acceptability of the fact that labeling somebody is, is okay, as if it's okay to label those people that, but don't label me that. And in reality... Mm. The label should be gone. I'm not anything. If you want to label me something, I'm against mandates. And I will be anti-mandate my whole life. Like, like I will proudly claim that. That does not mean anything as it relates to what I do and don't do with my children, what I have and have not done with my children, and uh, what my belief system is as it relates to the vaccine program. So I think when we look at who gave us this label, you realize that this label has never been positive, mm -hmm. right? This has never been right. positive. And like I told you um, several episodes ago, in England, when they first started the very first group that was a large group opposed to the smallpox vaccine, it was opposed to compulsory vaccinations. Right. They were the anti-compulsory vaccine group. Right. It was never anti-vaccine as a negative label that they were claiming. Right. And so what that turned into over time, and especially over the last you know five to seven years, um, this has become a derogatory term that is used to lessen us and to take away from our arguments and to turn off open ears that could otherwise be coming uh, across our information. Right. So first is, oh, anti-vaxxer Dr. Bob Sears, right? Because that way, no matter what Dr. Bob Sears says, nobody is going to take it as a doctor's word because he's anti-vaxxer Dr. Bob Sears. Right. And they do that to literally dampen the message. They are trying, and they do it with people. They have all of us parents turning against mm -hmm. each other. Oh, they're one of those anti-vax families. Those are anti-vaxxers. Um, it becomes this like, ooh, oh, they're one of those. A very... Um, it's it's segregation and it's discriminatory and it's, it's always been negative and it will always be negative. So I think, I mean, what do you think? You you, you tell me yeah. what you think about that. Well, I I, I kind of find it um, in, interesting for the public who maybe is not in this issue, uh, or maybe they are the on the you know pro mandate side or, or just kind of the neutral vaccine side, which is what most people are. Um, I want people to understand why someone, why a family would turn anti-vaccine. 
um, and kind of maybe try to get in the mind of that of that person who totally really actually does turn specifically anti-vaccine like like an abolitionist anti-vaccine you right, mean? right 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 mm-hmm. and maybe not even even a label but why someone who who maybe used to think vaccines are great but now think vaccines are actually so bad I need to actually try to help abolish them mm-hmm. you know like someone who's on like really that and the extreme side right right uh-huh. the extreme side and I think you really have to look at them almost every single one of those families are ex Vaxxers or people who used to vaccinate people who whose children had a severe vaccine injury. And I want to maybe take a second. Sometimes to, devastating. Right. A, sometimes a dev- devastating. they might've actually had a child die right. the night of vaccination. And you see, and you know, 30 years later, you still see it in their eyes when they talk about it. Uh, they're living the rest of their life mm-hmm. with that pain. So if you're a parent and, and that happens to you, and I think maybe we can all maybe have some more compassion yeah. for parents that this happens to is, if that happens to you, um, you're a listener right now. Think about maybe your, your oldest child. Think about that. If that happened to your oldest child, they're no longer here because of that. And it happened the night of vaccination or it happened, you know, within you saw them terribly devastated right after vaccination. Um, what would you do about that? Like what would then become sort of your life's goal, your life's mission? Would you just, I don't know, would you move on and, not do anything about it? Would you maybe just go out and, and talk about, yeah, vaccines have risk. You know, everyone kind of needs to know vaccines have risk. Or would you have this personal responsibility, almost like your own personal mandate that you feel now responsible to tell every single person you ever meet for the entire rest of your life, this happened to me. Vaccines can do this. And you, you as a, you know, someone who's completely naive to that, that possibility, no matter how rare the possibility is, you deserve to know that. Exactly. You completely deserve to know that. And, and yeah, maybe that, that person maybe does feel vaccines should be abolished because they do sometimes end someone's life. Um, or at but, the very minimum, not mandatory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So I think that's the minimum. Every, everyone in that camp is going to say mm-hmm. at least they should not be mandatory. So they would be part of the anti compulsory vaccination right. league. Um, but yeah, but I mean, honestly, some of these people do feel completely compelled to say, I mean, if, if vaccines didn't exist, yeah, you know, we, we might have some of this disease, but we wouldn't have fatal vaccine injuries. We wouldn't have severe permanent neurological injuries. We wouldn't have all these severe vaccine side effects. So I really feel it's my job to try to abolish vaccines because of that. And I don't, I, I can't fault them for that. I can't fault them for wanting to completely abolish the system. I don't agree. I don't agree with the, that they should be abolished because I think everyone should have a choice and, exactly. and, and people you know, should be able to choose to benefit from uh, the, the, the protection that vaccines can give, which is on a whole variety of different levels. Um, but I, I've, I have never experienced that pain with any of my children. I don't feel like my, like any of my kids have had a severe vaccine reaction. They've had vaccine reactions, but nothing severe. So I've never felt that personal pain. Um, person, you know, with my own kids, I don't have to live with that. And I, and I hope I don't have to live with that with my grandchildren. Um, but you know, I mean, we need to, we need to, I think if, if you're in that objective group, uh, who just thinks vaccines are, are, are good and they're okay. And, and maybe they shouldn't be mandated and you meet one of these parents who are, who they're wearing an, I'm an anti-vaxxer t-shirt, uh, you know, or I'm against vaccine mandates or I'm an ex-vaxxer, you know what? Ask them why ask them their story. 
don't tiptoe around it. Cause I, I can guarantee you, they're going to be very happy, not happy. They're going to be very, uh, you know, upfront about telling you their story. And once you hear why they feel that way, you've made a personal connection. You can at least understand them as a person better than just seeing their t-shirt and rocking the other way. Or you know? seeing their t-shirt, <clears throat> making a judgment about making who judgment, they are right. and their inability yeah. to utilize science yeah. and intellectual data and then walking away. Right, right, right. So, you know, start, just listen to their story, listen to what happened. And then that might create a relationship that you will find very, uh, very you know, positive and beneficial and then help you understand people better and be more accepting people. Anyway, so that's kind of, I don't but know. That's, so that's one extreme. That a lot. Right. And we've got that extreme and we do need to have compassion for the people that have been in that experience. What do you expect them to do? What do you expect them to do? So, so that review that said to me, I'm, I listened to your story. I think you're too passionate. What, what would you expect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, you yeah. listened to my story and you still think I'm too passionate? Like, <laughs> Yeah, people say you're too anti-vaccine. Yeah, so know, your, right. this is where we got to that last episode about reviews. Me being passionate equates to somebody potentially going on a rant, potentially be, being seen as too anti-vaccine. Now, what I want to know is what does that mean, first, first of all? And... Again, I want to encourage our side of this to stop using that word, to stop using that label, and to not be complicit in going along with this narrative and holding people accountable for their use of a label that's negative, that is not something that everybody claims. And we shouldn't, not only do we, we are we not claiming it for its negative connotation, we're also not um, agreeing that it should be a negative thing. So, you know, right, by, right. Us, by us saying I'm not anti-vaccine is like assuming being anti-vaccine is a negative thing. It's not. It's a choice. It's an opinion. Like you're saying, there are reasons people come to those opinions. But the majority of people in America uh, are, like I said before, selectively vaccinated. So they pick and choose things that they do and don't vaccinate for. They might have their kids up to date on um you know, the handful of things that they think are important, but maybe they skipped out on hepatitis B or chicken pox, or when their kid's a teen, they're like, uh, HPV, no way, not happening. Or they don't do the flu shot, or they only do it some years, not every year. Everybody is selectively vaccinating for the most part. I mean, there are a handful of people that are just doing every dose all the time. And as adults are getting their boosters, I don't even know if those people really exist. But um, the majority of people are in the middle and have a more middle of the road viewpoint. Right. But the way that the media paints this is you are either diehard pro vaccine, vaccines save lives and have been the greatest achievement in modern medicine, or you're an anti-vaxxer. Right. Like that is right. literally the only two places you can be. And and we know that's not true right. because we know the majority is in the middle. Right. Yeah, we I'm completely convinced the majority is is in the middle of all that. And I think we, we need to figure out a, a you know a label for us that that's pro something. I mean, we've come up with you know pro uh, pro informed consent, or we are vaccine safety advocates. And it's interesting. I mean, you you look at um, excuse me um uh, you know pro life versus pro choice arguments, you know, both mm -hmm. sides. They're both pro something. And and neither side in the media has been successful in labeling the other side as anti something. You know, uh uh yeah, you know, looking at looking at abortion. I mean mm -hmm. you're not you're you're not pro abortion, you're pro choice. And the pro lifers don't call them pro abortionists. They or pro death. Right, or pro death, yeah. right. And and the the pro choice uh people don't 
don't like label the other side as, you know, anti-choice or, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, or, or, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know what you say, but, and I think the reason is, is because I think largely nationwide, it's probably about 50, 50, mm-hmm. Or is it sixty forty? I don't know. It's, it's close. I'd say, Both yeah. sides is basically kind of our society, probably almost down the middle. Um, a lot of people look at it as you know Democrat versus Republican, you know, from a political standpoint, but, but not also, not completely or right versus left. But I think the reason they're both pro is it's fifty fifty. But also not just one side or the other. You might not be like you might be pro life and. And still think there are circumstances where whatever, right, or right. you could be pro-choice, but also think there should be limits. Like, again, right. no, there's no, a lot totally of middle right. ground even yeah. in something like that. Because yeah. there aren't too many people that are on the full-on extreme, like anytime, all the time, at any right. any age, and then never, and that should yeah. never happen. Like, there aren't, there are those people, but they're extreme also. Right. Most yeah. people are in the middle. So I wonder if, I wonder if it's because, if it's because it's 50-50 and, you know, um, I mean, the media hasn't tried to paint either side as anti something or change that label uh, to be anti something. And so I, I wonder if there's a, yeah, if there's a way to, to kind of shift, you know, the, the uh, anti vaccine mandate side to something that's, that's pro. And, I mean, these and the, labels, the media is not going to allow it because uh, they're they're not they're but, not objective. But we can. But we, right? can. But we can. Yeah, we can. And move we're the ones that. having the conversation. I just don't know what that label us, is. But like right? people as citizens, I just don't know what that label should be. I think people have tried to come up with stuff. But I think also the label has been around for a long time because it started with that anti-compulsory. So right, then it just, right. the compulsory got cut off because that's long, and then it just right. became anti-vaccine. And this has been yeah. a label that has been utilized for so many decades now that mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's really hard to shift. Yeah. But this is where the power of the people come in. Okay. What we And we're going to do an entire episode on citizen advocacy as it mm-hmm. relates to this issue for medical freedom and health choice and informed consent. We are the ones tasked with having the conversation. At the grassroots ground, ground up level, boots on the ground, as people say. We are the ones having the conversation. We can change the conversation that's being had. Mm-hmm. However, if we are not having the conversation, yes, then the only conversation that's being had is theirs. Right. And their conversation makes us anti-vaccine. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we met someone at one of our town halls recently who said, you know, she, her whole life, she's been afraid to talk, to have the conversation and come yes. out and, and talk about her child's vaccine injury. And I think her child was there, was there with her. It was like, it was like a, a young adult child. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like, and, and she was, she was almost like in tears. And, um, I was, I was very tired, very exhausted. So I don't know if I, you know, displayed enough, you know, compassion towards her but i think i think you did you did a little bit and uh but i mean she was just saying you know finally i feel like i need to come out and have this conversation tell people what happened start talking about it because uh, i i i still you know i i meet patients i meet people all the time that still feel like they have to be silent about this and right. they if they dare say anything they'll be ostracized yep. and that's that's hurt the the you know pro informed consent movement it has. it's it's hurt us drastically and um and but it's it's going to change yeah exactly it's already right. changing and right. it's starting this year right. there is going to be a serious change and we are one hundred percent supportive 
of helping that happen and empowering Mm -hmm. people. And if this podcast has been a way to give people that kind of empowerment where, and and I've personally, just personally on my own Facebook message uh, by people who do not know me, have never met me, live in different countries and different States have messaged me to say those exact words that you just said. I felt I was not confident enough to talk about this. I did not feel like I could find my voice about this. And now I can. Now I am able to tell my story. It's like, what is the most powerful thing you could hear from somebody is that. Yes, yeah. Is that. And the fact that it's not that you've done anything other than light the fire. You've you've given them the fire to say, all right, something has to change. And, and we'll talk more about this in our um, advocacy. Right. Yeah, and, uh, and that's what episode. you love, and that's, that's, that feeds you personally. And it you've told really me that. You know, if you can get someone fired up to, to change that to you know, part action. of what they do. Yes, yeah. And if you went to one of our town halls. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this on that, our next yeah, one. Unless you went to Culver City where uh, it was <laughs> just me, and I was like, oh, I'm so like, not inspirational. Come on, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Were you like, freedom? <laughs> like Braveheart? Were you like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, Wolverines. <laughs> Name that movie. Uh, yeah, I can't. Oh, no. It was, it was, oh, it's uh, Red Dawn. Sorry. Okay. Red Dawn. There was even a remake for you you, yeah, you young right. ones. Anyway. Yeah, no. Not um, my thing. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I want to. Yeah, I want to wrap it up. But I just want to say, maybe wrap it up. And that could be a, a segue to a future topic that I want to. Um, uh, talk about is is um, the reason why we need to speak out. That's going to be on our advocacy one. Okay. Oh, right. maybe I don't know. Keep well, no, no. It's 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 because the the public is trying to basically turn us into a class of people, a certain people um, who will have fewer rights, will be you know, segregated from society, will be. Uh, Labeled, we'll be, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, profiled. Um, and I feel like that's where we all see it going in our society. Um, and that's why we need to become a bigger people. Um, that's in the advocacy episode. Right, okay. Exactly what okay, we're going to okay. be talking about. Okay. Shh, okay. Don't listen to what talking. he just said. In fact, rewind this and just turn it off right at that point. Just if only ahead. there was a way to like edit things out <laughs> that so they wouldn't be on there, right? Yes. Yeah, so, okay, well, that is our next episode. Well, thank you guys for listening to this conversation. And and you know what? Weigh in on the Immunity Education Facebook page. What do you think this movement should be called? Oh, yeah. We want to know. What should it be called? We like to say pro-informed consent. We're anti-mandate. But if you are a pro-something, what realistically let's not be silly here like uh, because i've heard i've seen some silly ones realistically what do you think this movement for medical freedom medical choice um and informed choice as it relates to medical interventions what do you think it should be called when we air this episode we will make a post on education or 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 there's basically the pinned post on immunity education Mm -hmm. facebook page where it's kind of our pinned home Mm -hmm. podcast announcement and and we, you know, we could look there and but yeah you're right maybe we but do a separate post too we should be yeah. you're right it should be a post what should we be called yeah. Yeah, and by the way ourselves? we're almost at 200,000 downloads yeah isn't that yeah. exciting and that's all because of you guys thank you for spreading the word thank you for having this conversation with us yep. see you guys next time
The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.